The Mogcast, a fortnightly conversation with Jacob Rees-Mogg about the topics of the day. off um i, I want to ask you this rob because i know it's on my mind and i'm hoping it's still on matt and felix's mind have you ever seen oliver stone's the doors yes you have seen it mm-hmm. okay we watched it all last night this is a film uh i loved in high school because mm-hmm. i thought it you know i was like this is what my life's gonna be like when i start doing drugs <laughs> yeah um we rewatched it again uh it wow it really doesn't hold up it's i it's believe pre- it. it's pretty bad you know what other uh, Val Kilmer movie doesn't hold up for me is Tombstone. Really? You can watch it because his performance is so amazing. But in fact, the movie itself leaves a lot to be desired upon uh, reviewing. Same with The Spanish Prisoner. <laughs> My wife and I watched that recently, and it is a, it is a hot turd. <laughs> yeah. I don't, what about uh, David Mamet's Spartan with Val Kilmer? Ooh, now that I probably wouldn't be able to evaluate uh, objectively because it's about the Delta Force. So I like it. <laughs> you know, like I liked it when I saw it. I'd probably like it now, uh, even if it's not good. You got to show respect to the operators. Yeah. Yeah. Spartan is. I love Spartan because, yeah, it's a Delta Force movie, but it's it has the storytelling method of a guy who's stealing valor. <laughs> like, yeah. It's all so fucking hastily, hastily constructed. Yeah. Like they're like. Uh, yeah, no, this guy's like, he's the best fucking agent in the world. And, you know, actually, I'm not him, but I work with him. And, you know, he could sign a fucking piece of paper and he could get like a million dollars cash. And, you know, his boss is actually fucking, uh, he's from fucking married with children. No shit. <laughs> yeah. He found the president's daughter. And she was straight up a hoe. Awesome. <laughs> My favorite part of Spartan is, uh, when they're trying to find the president's daughter and they think she's dead, and he takes a fucking apple out of his coat, out of his, he's wearing a Steve Bannon coat, <laughs> like me, and he just takes an apple out and takes out a pocket knife and starts peeling it. Like he had that apple in his coat for a week, and he's like, uh, "Oh, my, my boss at the army always tells me to eat. I just might as well have this ready." No, that's in the operator no, handbook for, for dominating conversations. That's how you show that you are nonchalant. If we're gonna go David, if we're gonna go David Mamet and Delta Force, though, just watch the unit because that I think you know David Mamet. He's does good stuff, but he's also weird and sometimes not good. And so I think I believe it was Sean Ryan who did that with him and mitigated him. Yeah. And it would, so that show was good. So the unit's good. So in case you haven't figured it out already, we're talking to uh, Rob Delaney, who is here to collect his uh, second time appearance Chapo Challenge coin. Exciting. So yeah, we're uh, he's uh, he's graduating from the uh, our survival evade resistance course. I'm meeting Matt in person as yeah. well for the first time. Yeah, exciting, exciting for me. Both of us. But Rob, uh, you you bring up um, Spartan uh, or Felix brought up Spartan, but Ed O'Neill is his boss in that movie. Another hmm. person in that movie who's the, actually the villain of it, little actor named William H Macy. 
mm. who is in the news as of late. Sure and I got to say, Rob, what did you know and when did you know it about the celebrity SAT cheating scandal? Okay, so as a celebrity, I have to tread <laughs> carefully. No, I, I didn't know anything until it happened. And uh, I do hope, because I think we may find, I mean, one of the, was it the CEO of PIMCO, the the largest bond trading yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is in there? I mean, I think, which is weird to me, because that's the type of guy who could afford to endow a school with a right, library. Yeah, yeah. But he was just like, eh, I'm a bond guy. He's like <laughs> a little more risk averse than a stocks guy. So he's like, I'll just do the thing that Felicity Huffman's doing. Yeah, um, get the bargain. Yeah, I didn't know anything, but it's weird. And then there's parts that aren't funny. Like, it's funny <laughs> when you first hear about it. When you first think about it, it's funny. Then you hear the details and you're like, Jesus. And then it's funny again. But for the not funny part, I mean, using like special proctors that were reserved for kids with disabilities and stuff. I mean, there's some bad. They did a it's pretty bad gross. laundering, <laughs> laundering the bribes through a charity that's supposed oh. to provide special education, and it's uh, just going uh, to these guys' uh, boathouses or whatever. Probably worst of all, uh, pretending to row crew when you're not even a cox coxswain. <laughs> coxswain. Apparently, they put her. They would have put their daughter's head on the picture, like Photoshop, oh. like Photoshop. Oh. Put the pulled the head like that scene of JFK when they're mocking up the mocking up the picture of Oswald with the rifle. Oh man, just putting the head on the body of the athlete. And then bless poor. I mean, look, we. I mean, I was a mess when I was eighteen. But then you, I mean, poor thing. You get to sort of the money shot, and you see all the posts of Lori Laughlin's daughter. And yeah, they're just such a bummer. Just <laughs> they're such a bummer. She was, she was securing the bag <laughs> time in college with all those all those all those sponsored posts. Yeah. I do like though the idea that for now. Their parents did this elaborate thing, spent all this money to try to get them all of the symbols of of you know being a worthy member of the elite, right? Because they didn't need to do this; they could have taken all that money, put it in a fucking uh, uh, you know in a in a trust fund, and the kids set for life. Mm -hmm. But no, you have to have you have to have that elite education that shows that you deserve your status. But now, instead of that, they have court records talking about how dumb they are and how untalented. Like Such there's, a there's there's parts in there where they're like they they presented their child to be a, a top ranked tennis star and then they got in the footnotes it's like uh, in reality she was no higher than the two hundred third on the boy. list yeah. it's like they're own, these kids are getting owned in court documents imagine your mom or dad is wiretapped and in the court document. Yeah, no lie. My kid has the smallest dick. <laughs> I don't have Dude, to imagine sucks. that. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. No, I mean, I've had a data process this. Uh, okay, here Contrarian corner. Contrarian corner. Contrarian corner. It's the uh, last take you ever Rob. thought of. Because here it comes. Uh, no, I'm in favor of them doing this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how did I get, how did I know? Uh, how did okay, I know well, this is okay, where you're so going? I, let me, I, can I explain my reasoning? Absolutely. Go for it. I saw a day of posts from, you know, uh, just people who have blue checks for no reason. Not like me. I have it for a reason. Of course. <laughs> you're posting prowess. 17 year old Twitch streamer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just a day of post. Like, this is a very funny story. Right. And it's I and it's also one of those things where I'm like, why does the FBI need to be involved with this? Like, who gives a shit? Really? It's just like, how is it different than like Donald Trump giving 10 million dollars to Penn State so fucking Don Jr. can get it? Who, by the way, Don Jr. was laughing at this. Yeah, that's like, pretty funny. Yeah, you got into fucking Penn State on your own. For University sure, of Pennsylvania. Oh, but, uh, Ivy League school. Jared Kushner's right. dad gave Harvard something like $53 million. So right, could exactly. Go there. Exa so, like, A, yeah, they did it 
because people in Hollywood are, you know, no offense, but uh, their brains are like walnut sized. <laughs> Compared I to New Yorkers, we would be taking this uh, approach. <laughs> New Yorkers whose brains would be walnut sized, but they're just it's just filled with bodega dust. Oh, here we go. Keep it coming. And, like, Keep rat, it coming. And fucking rat excrement. Both of them have below average sized brains. Brains, but like that, they have an amount of low cunning that is like, oh, it's respectable if I, you know, give Yale a battleship. <laughs> uh, so right, it's morally equivalent. We got that. Then it caused a day of posts from. Pointless uh, blue checks about, you know, the integrity of college, how hard I worked to go to college, how many how good I was at writing essays. (laughs) I remember when I was in college, (laughs) I got into college on my own. You're 35. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah. No one fucking cares. Tripping over themselves to be like, look, I know, you know, the the people who want to understand want you to know that they're they understand the privilege that they had and yeah. they, they've tried to get in before you can cut them down by yeah. telling you how oh, aware they are that's my favorite thing it's equivalent to do you remember like 2014 when like uh like ferguson and everything and like there were like white blue check marks would use it as an opportunity to talk about how cool they were when they oh were yeah like, all the cool yeah. crimes they yeah. did without getting in trouble i i I got high on weed and I reached for a cop's gun and the city ended up giving me a medal because of, oh yeah, why was I making this post? Oh yeah, because I have white privilege. This is the same thing where they're like, yeah, I went to fucking, I went to Yale MIT and guess what? I'm smoking crack the entire time because I have privilege. Cool. Yale MIT. It is a weird cool. thing. Cool. You demand. That's one of those things where you can... Uh, one thing that you can do is just not tweet about yourself or something like that. You don't have to. Yeah, you'd think, but some people can't do that. That's true. Could, a lot of people. Could, you could tweet about Oliver Stone's The Doors. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how, which yeah. I saw with my mom in the theater when I was in high school. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, There's no worse things to see, but yeah. it, I just There's, I was like, I sh- we shouldn't have done this. There's a little bit of sex in it, you know, but bit. it's more like the mo- most erotic parts of the movie are when he's seeing the old Native American man oh, that's yeah. right. who's like... The movie strongly implies that when he saw an old man die as a child, like his spirit chose to inhabit this boy genius who would go on to become a world changing American poet. Yeah. Native Americans died. Douglas Morrison. (laughs) Yeah, they died so rock and roll could be invented. Not not good rock and roll, the kind where (laughs) just a fucking completely idiotic man uh, lazily recites poetry. They are a weird band. That movie really was. That movie did feel like the Rosetta Stone for just the entire boomer concept. Mm-hmm. Like, if mm-hmm. you want to understand it, everything from Woodstock to QAnon, mm. it's all in the doors. Yep. Like, this, these are the people who went from that to posting about the imminent Pizzagate arrests. It's you know, it's a little more subtle than um, Natural Born Killers, though. You know, because he'll drift off into a dream in that but then in natural born killers you get into the day glow and the bonkers and that's a that's a that's a busier movie so just aesthetically i think you know that's a it's a smoother ride the doors <laughs> i was when i was watching that I, I felt like a deep pain in my heart when we were watching it last night and then like a deep embarrassment and i wondered why and i realized because that movie has the ideology i did when i was like 12 mm-hmm. when i was 12 i thought like yo we could end the iraq war Oh, God, dude, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> we could end the Iraq war if someone sang uh, Black Sabbath War Pigs to George Bush. 
<laughs> and it's that movie has the same ideology. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, what if a guy talked about fucking in front of a cop? That, yeah. Awesome. How about girl, you couldn't bite my wire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the part where he says we couldn't get much higher on Ed Sullivan and yeah. the square is like, you're never playing Sullivan again. <laughs> like, that's all... It really did solve the equation for boomers, which is that they're trapped in being 12 forever. Yeah. Kyle Gawkland yeah. did a serviceable uh, Ray Manzarek in there. Yeah, but the, I, I was He's looking forward to it because yeah. I, I, love, I love Kyle McLaughlin, but then he disappears about a half an hour into the movie and is never heard or seen from again, mm. except sort of shaggily behind a keyboard, <laughs> sort of you know, plugging away. Uh, Rob, so... You are uh, you're back stateside mm-hmm. um, in, in you know the the country of your birth. You're you know an American guy just like the rest of us here. Sure. But you've been living in in England. Yeah, for almost right? five years now. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, it is. But uh, <laughs> uh, so, give could you give us a a Americans expats perspective on what the bloody ruddy hell is going on with this dang brexit it's up the apples and pears isn't it yeah i mean well it's in real trouble now and it first off it's fun to see Theresa may sad and in pain she just had another huge defeat like yesterday yeah she had i think it was the fourth biggest uh loss in parliament she also owns the first why is she still prime minister like it's just no one else wants that job job. like Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it would be a rough time to be the Tory PM yeah, right no, now. No, you don't want to be back. You want to be in charge until the whole Brexit business has been dealt with. You want yeah, someone else to do Yeah, and it that. just, I don't think there's an end in sight, you know? And it's weird because, like, labor has some good ideas about it. You know, the thing is, it's easy to say, like, fucking Brexit, don't. It shouldn't happen, right? But we do need to remember that a majority of people that voted did vote for it, right? And I would have voted against it if I could have, but I couldn't. And so I've been kind of impressed with Labor's approach of letting the Tories own it and stuff and then come up with their own plan, which includes another people's vote and stuff like that. But it's been weird to watch the press who just so lock stock accepts what the Tories tell them to say as this happens. Um, so I'm sort of like sympathetic to people who voted for Brexit because they're not all garbage bags, you know, and it's it's weird because people lie in every election, you know, mm-hmm. and this one I understand it's have massive, you know, perhaps more than once in a generation important. But like, I think it's important to have a leadership that cares about both sides, you know, so that's why I wish labor were in power. You heard it here first. Uh, Rob sympathized with both sides, including uh, xenophobic, <laughs> uh, racist, um, uh, Brexiters. He's programming. <laughs> no, I'm just saying if you want to solve it and you're the leader, it'd be a good idea to maybe listen to what Nigel both sides Farage. have to say. <laughs> my, my belief being that Brexit, in a sense, has already happened for like the poor, the elderly, the disabled, all the stuff that like wealthy journalists in london are worried about already happened for so many other people in the country so it doesn't matter to them either way it's just a protest so like, vote it's like it's like the deadline is in like three weeks or whatever if, there, yeah. if there's like the the no deal like, like yeah. what, that's the armageddon scenario like, right yeah but like what will no that more actually, tomatoes what will that actually entail in? though like, will it be like Children of Men? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, one hopes not. I mean, could it be like a repeat of Y2K where effectively nothing happened? Uh, I doubt that because all these trade rules would revert to World Trade Organization rules rather than the arrangement that they have currently. 
with the EU and the customs union and all that stuff. So, it, so what would happen? I think people don't quite know. I don't think it would be good, you know, because like literally certain things like laptop batteries and fucking salmon couldn't <laughs> flow freely around Europe and so many other commodities and all this stuff. Those are the first two I think of. <laughs> um, but it would be it would be bad a no deal Brexit. Plus, uh, you know, you think about uh, they talk about you may have heard the term backstop, which refers to the uh, you know a, a guarantee that there will be no hard border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is really fucking important, and it's very sad and bad and even evil that as 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 Boris Johnson and David Cameron just fucking jerked each other off in a hut somewhere in the Yorkshire Dales that they didn't think, oh, wait a minute, a hard border between those two places could easily lead to actual war pretty quickly since everybody who fucking lived through the troubles is 100% still alive. Yeah, that was even if some like of them are missing years. All the bomb, All the fucking guns and shit. 30 years are, ago. They, yeah. know, they know where they are. They yeah. know the barns where they've been buried yeah. underneath the haystacks. Apparently there has been a big upturn in bombs now in Northern Ireland. Like there was a car bomb that went off in Derry. Oh, goodness. Uh, there, there's like a bunch of mail bombs that went out recently. Oh, they're like, they're getting the balaclavas out of mothballs. Oh man! Although it might lead. The, the funny thing is, the polling suggests that if it really did have a hard border, the majority of people in Northern Ireland would be just like, all right, fine, we'll just join Ireland. Don't yeah. Worry. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And then you so- just you 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 get the uh, like you get Jerry Adams' dream there just by virtue of oh, big the time. UK Tories just fucking things up so badly. No, it's what I've always said. Like Ireland is meant to be a single unified, like all counties, single independent Protestant state. <laughs> yes, yes, you've always said that. Independent of the UK, yeah, and Protestant. I mean, if I would say if this podcast has sort of a signature position that's what it is Absolutely. Yeah, it's a position i invented yeah no one likes it <laughs> i received three death threats a day from all yeah. sides so i know that i'm doing something right but it's why I I in, dude. yeah oh uh yeah murdered for truth that's <laughs> uh, now so my analysis of brexit okay oh here we is go. this a contrarian corner no oh. contrarian corner would just be like it's not happening. Like it's, it's no not one, real. They're gonna forget to Brexit's do it, guys. Oh, I say we're way closer to it not happening <laughs> yeah. by a mega by yeah by leaps and bounds now. So like, uh, it, but uh, Brexit is it's Dragon Ball Z to me. <laughs> and I'll what I mean because it takes forever for right, something to actually like, happen. All right, no, I don't think you need to do This is the final vote on the final article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Theresa May is going full power. <laughs> fucking, fucking uh, Nigel Pennybottom, the head of the High Tories is adding an addendum to the article that says that there's no olive oil after Brexit. No one can afford it. They're going. They're both going full force at each other. Jeremy Corbyn's been trading in zero G's. Vote happens. It failed. There have been like 30 important failed votes for Theresa yes. May and nothing happened. Yes. They're all just levitating in Parliament, powering up at each other. <laughs> literally, Brexit won't happen because it just, they, this they, is they, the they, end of Dragon they, Ball Z. They, they, they yeah, did the they're... Brexit vote 40 episodes ago and fucking Goku still hasn't shown up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeremy Corbyn's Goku. <laughs> because they won't call a general election, he can't come down from zero gravity. It's so insane. <laughs> it's so insane. I'll tell or you what. Mega gravity, sorry. I love living over there. I mean, the NHS is just like a sunbeam from heaven compared to the way healthcare works here. There's no guns over there. It's so there's things about it that are amazing, but like the the political press over there makes Fox News is amateur. Well, it's like everything's hour. Fox News. I mean yeah. Sinclair. Yeah, everything is Fox News over there. Like Sinclair has nothing on them. Like I literally want to like put a bunch of Sinclair people in my backpack, bring them over to fucking Tory Media School, and be like, no, this is how you do it because. 
I mean, I'm so inspired by so many of the people in America right now and what they're doing compared to so many British people who are like, I guess it'll just be shitty. And you just want (laughs) to slap them around. Um, But then, of course, what am I? I'm not going to move my family back here. There's no NHS. Fuck that. (laughs) So I got to stay. And then like school shootings, for example, right? Like, like that's you, you could be forgiven if you were like, if you thought that's never going to happen to me. But we had one when I lived right before I moved to the UK or a couple of years before my son was at daycare in Santa Monica and next door to him at Santa Monica City College, there was a mass shooting. Six people were killed. A father and a daughter were shot dead 50 feet from my kid's fucking crib. Jesus Christ. And so uh, there, so like I know that that happens so it's too. Sort of like, uh, it's sort of like uh, just a, a, just a thing you don't have to worry about uh, healthcare and then um, being shot in a <laughs> public place. So like not living in the gun country. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And the thing is, is that it's like probably you're not kids are not going to be a, in a in a in a school shooting. Statistically, but, probably not. But yeah, that what the what's happening now in more and more schools is that they're doing active shooter drills right. where they're putting kids like underneath the 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 tables yeah. and shit. Yeah, and yeah, apparently yeah. it's like fucking them up. Like oh, the kids, I'm sure like it is. Seven year olds are like, yeah, someone, a bad man might come someday to the school and you have to hide. And they're like, yeah, that's normal. You're going to be fucking totally fucking there cool. Was, with uh, that. That's not going to fucking warp you and right. going to school. Did, did you terrifying. see the movie Eighth Grade this year? Not yet. I'd like there's to. There's a hilarious scene of the active shooter drill in that where uh, she like the main character makes the excuse to like crawl around the back of the class to the boy she likes and uh, <laughs> tell him that she does blowjobs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's like we looked at like mid-century America and said, "Oh, we were so much. America was so much more stable. We we all had a a, a sense of shared purpose. What was it? I think it was the duck and cover drills where little kids thought they were going to get nuked. Yeah, can we so bring weird. that back? But well, even, we're not scared of nukes. How about just a guy with a gun showing up? Even more perverse than just like the active shooter drill, where they you know they do like the crisis actors and like they're like just just barricade the door. Or if you're Megan McArdle, just rush yeah. the shooter yeah, yeah. Sort of human wave attack human yeah. wave attack st- preschool Stalingrad is the most inspired <laughs> idea I've ever heard uh, <laughs> if you do not have a crayon pick one up from the person who's fallen in front of you <laughs> even more perverse than that uh, I was talking to Virgil about this I think it's like in Florida they're now trying to hire like ex-vets with gun experience yes. mm. to work at schools as as security wielding guards. security guards. Yeah. So well, the weirdest thing is, is like when you hear <laughs> that there was a, a police, an officer involved shooting, like when a cop just decides to shoot a black guy in the back, they have to shoot 58 bullets to hit them twice. Like yeah. you can be a cop with training. It is very hard to effectively hit somebody who's running at all. If you do the alligator zigzag, yeah, run, yeah. you're never going to hit him. <laughs> I mean, so serpentine shot. The thing is, is like being good at hitting somebody with a gun is hard, even for cops. And so to just put fucking clowns in there and give anybody a gun is insanity. Well, yeah, just like, like some guy with a grudge and a gun who wants yeah. to boss kids around at a school. What could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> just take the guy who shot Chris Kyle yeah. and uh, put him in the fucking uh, playground. Captain Kyle, you have the most confirmed wins at Heads Up, Seven Up. <laughs> Do you ever think about anything you saw in that classroom? No, no, I, that's not me. I, I, I think about the games of Heads Up, Seven Up. I didn't I didn't win. <laughs> and the kids, I didn't pull out my Barrett 50 cal on. That's the future is just like a guy in a ghillie suit walking up and down the teacher's lounge with a fucking Barrett 50 cal with a fucking anti-materiel rifle. So <laughs> sick, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like when the, the first of those guys just like goes beast mode out of school because he like he 
like he thinks that an urban style individual is an active shooter or something and <laughs> oh, just the urban fucking, lifestyle yeah perforates 50 lockers uh. <laughs> and like wings the school mascot <laughs> Oh my god! Then they're gonna say you need to have a guard to watch the other guards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. guard watcher, guard watcher. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, we should be teaching the, the kids and the security guards. Rob is right. Very hard to shoot uh, a par- target running in a zigzag pattern. Better equip the knife, then go into crouch stealth mode, approach from behind to do a silent kill. Yeah. It will not alert any other <laughs> <laughs> enemies in the area. I think like the only time you know our our school children should be thinking about mass shootings is like a completely made up fantastical scenario where there's a mass shooting and they save the day and mm. Kate Upton sees them. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. Which I did several times. You mean like yeah. what Donald Trump literally said after Parkland? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I was there, uh, I would have gone in. That's what he became. I have you ever had that? Like, did you ever have that moment in that as a kid, like imagining like saving people from danger? Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do. I I never once fantasized about like let's say saving a girl I had a crush on who was getting mugged, and then beating <laughs> up her assailants, and then you know taking her and just just like giving her my come with me if you want to live, <laughs> come with me if you want to go to second base. <laughs> that was when Donald Trump did that as a seventy-year-old man. That's when he became. I would, my I would have. I would have power waddled into, into the, the in, idea into that the, he's into the firestorm. It's called the twenty-one foot rule. I invented it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very rare handway katana. This is my first katana, everybody. Yeah, Don Don Junior is saying it's tape. It's not. It's signed by Tom Watson. <laughs> so there, are, there's definitely there's some stresses that you don't have in the UK. Uh, you know, healthcare, uh, mass shootings. Don't have to worry about those. Mm-hmm. But. The, the UK media, as you brought up, is genuinely even more repellent than America's media. Yeah, like the, they're, the British, like media and political class, we've touched on this before, just seems even more egregiously awful than America's. So I have to ask you, what is it like dealing with Jeremy Corbyn's grotesque and repellent anti-Semitism? God, you know. <laughs> I got to say, I was pretty uh, optimistic when I saw the support that Ilan Omar got because uh, it was quite different from in the UK. And I think one of the advantages America has is it's so big and it's so stupid <laughs> that it's e- it's more difficult to corral everybody and say, this is what we're all going to say and think today. Yeah. And it's just physically easier to do. There's greater population density yeah. and uh, you know it's easier to, to spread a message in the UK than it is here. So... You know, when you've got four, I mean, and the weird thing is, is all Corbin wants to do, all he wants to do is to fucking have the NHS, like have enough cash to give your daughter dialysis if she should. And visit. renationalize the rails. And renationalize the rails. The rails. You, I, know? I mean, that is. So the one thing I think the huge difference between the UK and US political system, I think that worked very big in Omar's favor. The America has like unusually weak political parties. Yeah. For well, yeah, they're, they're, they're not really parties in any traditional sense. Right. And you have, like, like, yeah, like labor has half a million people. Like, that's not a thing we have. We've never had mass membership parties. Yeah. And so you had like Pelosi and you had Schumer and you had like uh, members of the freshman class. And let's be honest, yeah, AOC is sort of throwing Omar under the bus, some to a greater degree than others. Gotta say, though, so that of course was disappointing. But then I saw her go after Wells Fargo like two days later, and I was like, baby's back. Like, I was so excited because I hate them so much. They're the only nice bank because they're from the Midwest. <laughs> 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 Those are my, they three, live- my, my two political positions. 
unified independent Protestant state in Ireland and let's be nice to Wells Fargo. Well, so I am it's not so happy right now. You, they, you know consciously that on the board calls, they're like, all right, so we should reserve, I would say, you know, I'm feeling feisty, so this year we should probably reserve, I'd say, $70 billion for fines we're going to have to pay. <laughs> like, they absolutely bake that into the plan. Oh, yeah. They're so evil. I, I Yeah, like, they, it is funny because their, like, public image is like, well, you know, if you need a loan for to buy to buy a cabin in Duluth, we'll bring it over just, in our stagecoach. Yeah, <laughs> they just—they're like, we made two trillion dollars by selling people fake mortgages. Uh, but the fact that going back to Omar, like the fact that the party is so comparatively weak to like you know the UK or even like Canada or fucking Australia, really any parliamentary system, she has her constituents to answer to, and her constituents fucking love her. Yeah, yeah. There's no problem there. I mean. For the most part, I think the weakness of the party does hurt us because it's like there there can be no ideological cohesion a lot of the time. There's no real mechanism people use to punish like your Joe Liebermans, not that they would even want to in the first place. But uh, it does mean that like, you know, if you got in a situation where like a uh, Lyndon LaRoche got elected to Congress, he would never leave because his constituents would like him. Mm-hmm. They couldn't censure him out of the party that easily. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, Brexit, uh, a lot of this shit, it's just very abstract to me, but I do want to talk about a political issue in the UK right now that I think hits a little closer to home. Rob, how come, how come the UK is going to be banning internet porn? What's up with that? What? I didn't know. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. You actually, I think maybe as a non, apparently they're going to have like some just like gigantic, like nationwide firewall. That if you want to access uh, Pornhub, you'll have to register. I'm not making this up. Your passport with like the nonce bureau yeah. or something. No, you'll be able to go to your local news agent and buy a license to access pornography. Oh my! And then your God. name will be on a registry of the porn users of Britain. You know, we told we told of... you not to dry jack anymore. Hand in your porn badge. Oh man, <laughs> I hate that. You know, because like I haven't been on Tumblr since they got rid of porn, because <laughs> that's all it was for. And I could sort of curate my own what I want to see, and what I want to see is kind of sort of chubby, soft women. <laughs> on bicycles naked and I wanna, and once somebody gets to know that that's what i like then that's kind of what i'm sort of served up and i i mean i guess like i i need people to know to some degree what sort of pervert i am so maybe like they shouldn't do that but i'm, I'm just immediately getting frantic and trying to look for an upside here i mean um, maybe time to move back to America. i often I mean, wonder you have to weigh the nhs on one hand and access to copious free pornography on the yeah, other yeah like i wonder like if i wonder why i don't get made fun of more for like my instagram likes because be like, <laughs> they'd be like well he sure does like a big girl brushing her hair in a mirror you know like that's it's i don't know my my philosophy to instagram likes you know what they say about you wear it like an armor they can never use it against you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Will Menneker philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. No, so, but, well, Twitter's switch, Twitter snitches now. Yeah. I mean, yeah they yeah, show yeah, you yeah. posts like Will Menneker like this. Oh, Will, Will Menneker yeah. liked a 50 times zoomed in picture of a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no one, just the nipple. Yeah. But uh, the the porn thing, it like it seems like one of those things that would be for the it's a tax on the elderly, kind of. <laughs> because if you're like young, you know how to get a VPN yeah, get, or use get a VPN. Yeah. or something. But yeah, it's a way to tax boomers for going on Pornhub. Yeah, mm. right? Well, good. They mm. deserve it. 
As long, I wonder, you know, it's interesting because um, there's a, the gambling in the UK is fucking out of hand. Yeah. You know how when you're watching TV here, all the pharmaceutical commercials, you're like, Jesus, over there it's all gambling. <laughs> and every other storefront is a gambling shop. And it's really bad. Um, but it funds all these things because so, they tax it, yeah. you know, a vice tax, and then they spend that on lots of good stuff. Yeah, so, they finance a lot of, like, film, actually. Right? Yeah, yeah. Lot of, yes, lot they of, do. Yeah. So, I mean, if this porn tax somehow, if my love for, you know, um, you know, la- la- on the larger side, Bangladeshi women, you know, doing cartwheels and stuff, can build a school one day, I don't want to stop that from happening. I got to say, I'm kind of surprised because having to register with your news agent to go on the porn, get porn, that's very British. <laughs> extra, it's, extra. It's, <laughs> I'm going to jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not as British as it could be. And that would be if they just have one state run porn site. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's all it's it's like web 1.0. It's a picture of a, of a woman's fanny and it's just slowly loading over the course of the day. Yeah. You get one picture so a day. You know, so you have to uh, go to the news agents and register with them your passport, which I think is like. That's taking me back to like what it was like before the internet when I would like sort of sheepishly stand around a news kiosk until I was certain like there was nobody within a five block radius and I could sort of like quietly come up and just yeah like, like one penthouse <laughs> or like go to the art book section yeah. of a bookstore oh, yeah yeah and look the at classy big stuff. black and white plates <laughs> of a naked woman stuff. dancing I think you know we always bemoan you know our big issue, the lack of community in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably the same thing in the UK. I don't know anything about it. It seems like the only thing they get together to do is like... You know, jerk each other people, off. Jerk each other off, take people's mobiles, that type of <laughs> bullshit. If we could like just get rid of all depictions of sexuality and the only way men could jack off is like if we do the Beavis and Butthead thing where we put one set of fingers horizontally and one vertically. <laughs> stimulate seeing a naked vagina. Yeah. You know, maybe you, we get less men involved in extremism. Yeah. Yeah. Less I think crime. That's a, People they cross cultural exchange, talk to your neighbors. That's a know them. sage yeah. insight. Oh, there's a there are a lot of sickos in, in the UK for sure though. And I'm Rob I'm wondering if you have you seen this uh, the, the, this bird Watts getting her knickers off against Brexit all the time, and she's like completely yes, nude. Yes, I have. Yeah, she's yeah, doing yeah. Interviews completely nude to yeah. raise awareness about how bad uh, Brexit's going to be. Uh, yeah, bless her. <sighs> you know, I don't immediately see the connection and and how that is going to make sense or help or advance her own goals. Achieving it shows she cares, so that's cool. Um, but I, I am don't understand what that's going to do to stop Brexit, which is ostensibly her goal. Uh, apparently, to one-up her, Boris Johnson's sister, who's a news presenter, took mm-hmm. her top off. What? Really? Yes, on on camera. For oh my Brexit. goodness. Yes, I think. I All think right. she's, I mean, she's for Boris Johnson's sister. I assume she's... Huh. She's like, oh, if we're getting naked about Brexit, then I'll do it. Oh, she's, I didn't she's know. a top bird. I, so I'm really hoping that this becomes a everyone's raising the stakes, and eventually Theresa May goes out there to do a vote, just completely nude. Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, anything can happen these days. She Every- <laughs> she rides a new penny farthing nude in the parliament. <laughs> Everyone's just trying to up the ante until they get to see Jacob Reese's Moog. (laughs) (laughs) 
I tried to listen. He has a po- he has a podcast called the Mogcast. Oh, my oh God. I wow. tried to listen to it the other day, and boy, did I turn that off quickly. <laughs> he is. Listen, do you do you do you hate the Mogcast? Do you hate going to the post office because <laughs> you see people of a different race? <laughs> <laughs> no, he is a creepy fucking dude. He is, yeah, like a slender man. He, yeah, yeah, he's like that 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 pale guy from a uh, pants labyrinth. Yeah, and you know, he was with a uh, he's. Hat. He's so rich. His wife is so rich. He's personally made so much money since Brexit on Brexit. That's the weird part is that you don't even have to like pull on a string at all for the whole thing to realize that there's like six guys get, you know, named, named like Owen Formby, Balabaster McBiscuits who are <laughs> getting wealthy off of this and, and just playing people against each other. It's a pretty good example of, um, you know, capitalism using racism and stuff to stoke division. It's, it's some, it's some ugly stuff. They're try. I noticed that, like, uh, sort of like younger conservatives in the UK, they're trying to like make him do the Trump playbook with him by like making him epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, epic Moog. But they're <laughs> they're right. He looks like the like a sir guy from Rage Comics. It's cool. Um, lastly, about um the NHS though, because like you know we as as something like Medicare for all becomes yeah. like a increasingly popular. Uh, position, I think, like at least on paper, all of the 2020 Democrats are like technically in favor of it. Yeah, NHS would be like a fully nationalized healthcare system would be like the next step. Yeah, um, like do you ever like read or or see things where it's like Americans are talking about how like we can't have Medicare for all because like that would lead to a nationalized healthcare system and like that's like the nightmare scenario is like what England has. Well, the weird part is, is like my um. <laughs> democrat voting father he voted for bernie sanders in the in the primary um last time and is a vietnam vet and then my stepfather who's a republican and is a vietnam vet both get their care from the va in boston and they're both insane about it and how great it is and so we have as you guys know examples of nationalized health care in the united states already medicaid medicare va and um it's weird because satisfaction levels with certain with aspects of those can be very high. It often correlates to if you're in a place like Massachusetts where they, of course, would expand Medicaid and do all this stuff. It works well. And then in areas like in Alabama where they don't give a shit about anybody's health, you know, I mean, from a government yeah. perspective, then it can then the VA there can be bad from what I've heard. It correlates pretty directly. But, yeah, the NHS, it's insane because – it's not perfect. It's your it's your body. You're going to complain no matter because you're in pain. So yeah, you're going not to the doctor be happy. sucks. Like, yeah, everyone so, likes it. But the thing is, is with the NHS, you the amount of stress that just evaporates from not having to go to a billing office, not having to find out if you have the right you know code to get your prescription. You know if you're if the right plan if your prescription plan has been sold to another plan without you knowing about it, and they the card got lost in the mail, whatever. So you, the, the, the reduction in stress when you move from the U.S. to the U.K. regarding your medical care is out of control. And I guarantee it makes your life longer. Even if they fuck up your knee operation, put your <laughs> knee in backwards, you're still not – since you're not being summoned in front of a tribunal and having a retinal scan of your kids to see – to make sure that you pay your bill, it's so great. I, yeah, I was trying to set up just a doctor's appointment the other day just for like a general physical. And I was trying to just log on to the, uh, the website to just see what doctors are in network. And then I was like, I realized I forgot my password. And then I was like 
do I want a new password? You're going to email? I was like, this is too much for me already. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. See you next year. And so, <laughs> and so the weird lump will continue to grow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, you know, like um, people are like, uh, do you really have to, you know, wait in line? Is it like a, a giant queue, as they say, out the door of every doctor's office where it's just like, it's fucking now serving uh, 10,408,000. Okay. So I should say I've waited for the emergency room in America and in the UK and it's both both are terrible, you know, because <laughs> you're hurt and you want to get seen. You got a it, toy car up It doesn't instantly you happen, <laughs> you know. I mean, unless like when I've brought a kid in, then they had, you go to the pediatric part and they care more because, you know, it's your, you care more about your kid than yourself. So you're like, hey, can I? Um, but then going going to the general practitioner or whatever is 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 so much easier because there isn't a copay. There's uh, like I remember going in nervous when we first moved there to register my family for the GP, and I'm like, oh, what do you need? Do you need my the deed for my <laughs> apartment? Oh, I didn't have a deed, but you know because we rent. But do you need to, what do you need? And they were like, just just say hello, sign up, you know, tell us your address, you know. And I'm like, what else, you know? Do you need do you need um, some marrow? Do you need a chip of marrow? And then, nope. And uh, and so, yeah, I think the problems with the NHS that I've heard about and not experienced are not when you go to the GP because you have the flu and not when you go to, you know, for example, my own son's cancer treatment, for example. If you have something very seriously wrong with you, then the treatment is amazing. And if you have something tiny wrong with you, like the stuff, you know, the winter flu, that then it's also amazing. Um, I am told that you could have to wait longer for something like a knee replacement, um, something that isn't an emergency, but that's not the NHS's fault. It's just because they've been underfunded. So they understandably prioritize and they understand that, you know, cancer and a flu epidemic are more important than your knee that you ruined yourself because you tried to do parkour over age 30, you know? (laughs) So... Yeah, it's basic triage, and it's it's weird how that's supposed to be a condemnation because they say we have you know that's a tiered healthcare system or that's that's rationed care, yeah. but it's rationed in the only way that would make sense, which is by need, right. as opposed to our system, which is rationed by ability to pay. Oh, profoundly rationed, <laughs> and then they teach you to self-ration. They yeah. they put the fear in you, so you're like, fuck, I don't deserve the doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, I smoked a joint, uh, <laughs> you know, six months ago. I brought it on myself. <laughs> Rob, do you mind? Uh, I have a, uh, I have a, a, a reading series mm-hmm. uh, for for you and us today. Oh, wonderful! Thanks. Um, we uh, we haven't done a uh, national review piece in a while. Mm-hmm. So oh wow! Yeah. I, uh, I pulled this one out. I have to must credit must credit V Texas, uh, Mister V Texas, for finding this one. Love his work. And uh, this is a this is a good one. Um, it is titled "Rise of the Warrior Monk." Okay. By a guy named Kristen Chensvold. Sure. Okay, and as I do with all these, if I'm not familiar with the name, I have to do a little digging. And it said here uh, at the bottom, uh, Kristen Chensvold is a New York-based writer and the founder of IvyStyle.com. So, of course, I had to go to IvyStyle.com, and it appears to be a sort of fashion-slash-politics blog that's dedicated to sort of the preppy dandy aesthetic right on okay so um, always a sign of a cool like us yeah guys. exactly what we're wearing yeah, yeah. yeah guys okay. adulting like sirs so it says Ivy we're st- all wearing cummerbunds right now Ivy nothing st- else ivy st- <laughs> ivystyle.com was founded october 1st 2008 by Kristen chensvold a new york-based writer whose work has appeared in the rake Lomo rob settle down buddy <laughs> rob report quest 
LA Times Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, RalphLoren.com, Poet, Films and Review, and many other publications. He is also the founder of Dandyism.net, MasculineInteriors.com, and GolfStyle.guru. Masculine interiors. You mean Goatsy? Uh, <laughs> oh, well done. Uh, yeah, golfstyle.guru. Uh, Golf this, style. That, you're, all you're doing is, is you're listing sites that Roger Stone jerks off. To. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chensvold attended Cal State Fullerton on a fencing scholarship <laughs> where he was conference champion under Hall of Fame fencing master Heizoburu Okawa while studying English. Oh, he's the best. No, he he's, is the he author. Can't get better. He is the author of The Stylish Life Golf. Man. <laughs> it, guy, that, that is the Stylish Life colon golf. This guy dual wields monocles. <laughs> he wears two monocles at the same time, I guarantee you. Uh, also, the author of The Disengage and the co author of Ivy Style Radical Conformists. Cool. So, uh, this guy is a third favorite horse. <laughs> that guy had like a bio that was longer than like Tom Hanks's list of legitimate achievements or something. Yeah. I'm trying to think of somebody who would have a big That's so an impressive resume. It, 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 reading that resume definitely mm-hmm. it, it, it will make the what the actual what the article he wrote make a lot more sense. It wouldn't surprise me if he's fluent in snark. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Actually I think this this guy probably eschews snark as sort of like oh, a, a, not a, mass, a lower he, he class. Probably, he yeah. probably likes bone mows, like, you know, the shit where uh, a woman would be like, Why Minister Churchill, I hope I wake up one day and you're not prime minister. Yeah. And he's like, I hope one day to wake up murdering you, you stupid bitch. <laughs> oh, who could forget? Yeah, Isn't witch. that an aphorism? Um, yeah. Uh, the, the other, the other uh, interesting point I want to make about like, you know, the, this, the, you know, the founder of dandy dandyism.com mm. and like all this, uh, the preppy fashion stuff and like that being a kind of weird hobby. That is a weird through line with like the kind of intellectual pro Trump, yeah. right? That guy Michael Anton, who mm-hmm. ended up becoming a speechwriter in the White House, he, he just, wrote that that Flight ninety three article. He wrote the the Flight ninety three yeah. election that was cons- in like in the Journal of American Greatness, which was considered like to be like, if you're an intelligent person, like and support Donald Trump, like this is the article for you. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, and then he he went on to be a speechwriter, but he was m- before that famous for posting something like 30,000 times on like menstyle.net about like what ties to where to work and then wrote a book another like exactly like this guy wrote a book about where he pretended to be Machiavelli but giving style advice to the modern man about like what is business casual or like Jesus. what to wear to a, uh, your boss's picnic Good or God. the Christmas party Ugh. I want to I want to <laughs> I want to forcibly relocate these guys to hot couches yes yeah. I want to make them live that lifestyle. I want them to just wear oversized Looney Tunes gangster t shirts. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I thought about they, that. They need, they need to like just. I want the. I want them to fucking. I want someone to stitch Jinkos to their body. Yes, like, like I think about that with Wes Anderson. I want to dress him <laughs> so badly. I want to make Wes Anderson wear like a Kevin Smith outfit I, and just see what happens. I to want him. these guys to wake up one day and they'll be like. Well, this is my finest outfit. Like the UNC basketball shorts have the least amount of chili on them. Uh, I want like the only thing they can listen to is like Seether, Avenged Sevenfold, (laughs) Puddle of Mud. Yeah. I want them to force them to live that lifestyle. I want to. Yeah. Just that is my Stalinist project. Put them in some sort of like, yeah, like in some sort of gulag where they have to like just take uh, 
bong rips where the water hasn't been cleaned in like months. Oh it's and more it's like similar. sort of overfilled. So when you clear it, you get some in your mouth. That's that's more like a cultural revolution thing where they would send the kid the 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 the, the, the children of the elite they'd send them down to the countryside to make them all farm cut wood and yeah, shit yeah. yeah they should all have to go to Ohio mm. and, well, and watch butterfly effect <laughs> on someone's couch for seventy straight yeah. hours. So here is uh, Kristen Chensvold writing the National Review: Rise of the Warrior Monk. Yes, cool. Men dissatisfied with society drop out of it, but may discover something surprising about themselves in the process. That they were always a member of society. <laughs> wow. That they're the damn joker. <laughs> it begins, as social justice ideology casts its unintegrated shadow over every aspect of public life, it's no surprise not every man is eager to pledge his allegiance to the new orthodoxy. Don't you hate it when shadows aren't integrated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? It, oh, my God. I, all every, these day, guys, every morning I try to make sure that all my shadows are properly integrated. This, all these guys write, like, a like hastily translated Japanese RPG. <laughs> it's can I just say quickly as somebody who has the ma- unbelievable good fortune to get paid to write like I, fucking if you employ a metaphor like ever like you should have to fill an application for each metaphor <laughs> you should be allowed one metaphor every five pages like that they're the ultimate spice and if you truck in metaphor you need to fucking put your laptop in the toilet and <laughs> reflect for a bit. Well, there needs you, to be you a are, and trade system for metaphors. You are laying an unmitigated puddle of expertise at my feet right now. <laughs> I hate it when people do that. So, uh, But nor is every old soul malcontent willing to stand athwart the wrong side uh, of history yelling stop uh, at an online outrage mob. Athwart. <laughs> Some are just saying to hell with it. And so the universal law of cause and effect has brought us the growing phenomenon of men going their own way or mentally dropping out of society, particularly the mating game. Whether these men are middle-aged and embittered from divorce or lifelong rejection, projection, projection, the (laughs) author is talking about himself, or in the prime of life but prematurely disillusioned, these male dropouts share the view that contemporary society is soulless and effeminate, increasingly demonizing men for all of their natural instincts. They have been disillusioned by the new economics of the online dating game, and they crow that what women demand for their social political advancement is often at odds with their biological imperatives. The Which average, is to fuck me. <laughs> the average, you're, you're going against your DNA by not having sex with me. Uh, yeah, you just invented the entire field of evolutionary yes, psychology. Yes. That is entirely what that is about. Yeah. Uh, the average woman doesn't want the average man, they suspect. She wants what her mating instincts have always wanted, the above average man. That leaves many average and below men believing the, their prospect of finding a mate is a few notches above a miracle. Okay, like this is the thing. We talked about this with... Uh, I'm with, below average, yeah. below, below the belt, and I have a wife. <laughs> well, yeah, we, this reminds me of like, when we talked to uh, Natalie Wynn, ContraPoints. Like this is like a... Being unfuckable has now become an identity yes, for a lot of these so people. Lame. But like the thing is... Very, very few of them are genuinely unfuckable. And like, they're all hot. I want to fuck them. <laughs> yeah. But like, the observable reality is that, sure, you know, uh, we all would love an above, a partner of above average, you know, sexual attraction. But, um, in the women are dating and, you know, marrying, uh, quite sub average yeah, men all the go. fucking oh my God. time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, you see the evolution of the issue because the old issue for this type of guy used to be like, don't you hate it in commercials? Where a hot woman is married to a stupid fucking buffoon, mm. and he's and she knows all the answers and he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. 
I wish like, like a little vulnerability. Like I could look at a couple and be like, I wish she was with me, but well, she isn't. And then I don't go kill somebody or buy more guns. I fucking I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, like, just if if you're really if you're really like you want to be with someone, you can work on yourself. And by that, I mean you and your friends get together and create a false flag mass shooting where you save the woman you like from danger. Exactly. And that's, that's not as hard as it sounds. Oh, I tell my parents, Matt. If you're not willing to do that, you're not really serious about it. Okay, you guys ready for some, some more really good writing here? Yes. But there's another universal law in play here that every truth is but half truth. One side, oh, one side of a two-sided coin. You know, you, I, yeah, you know those three-sided coins? They <laughs> are yeah, they're a nuisance to <laughs> yeah. hold in your purse. New, uh, it really makes the coin flip uh, difficult. The new author for National Review, their new editor, Assassin's Creed V for Vendetta Neo. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, I, I love it. That just, that. so there's just no truth. How can, if there's nothing... Every truth true, is, then there can't be a half truth. That's no, every funny. truth is only half of another truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Lego. Felix, think of a coin. Think of a coin. One side is the truth. The other side of it is the other half truth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so there's no such thing as day because it's half night. Yes, exactly. Oh, of truth. More Jim like, Morrison lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> More Jim Morrison. Truth is like a Lego. Yeah. Right? Okay. So it's got a... It's got to connect Let's to another Lego to, to be moon. truth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Neo, every every poo poo has some pee pee in it. <laughs> can you poo without peeping? <laughs> you can't. No, I can't. You can't. You can. No, I cannot. Oh, okay, all right. No. I was yeah. Yeah. Wow, and I learned yeah. that. Some I learned male that power lesson. kegels to you know <laughs> hold in the pee. I was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, when I learned that <laughs> <laughs> very clearly. The same day that Barry Seal was killed. <laughs> Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so if the mainstream media constantly demonizes traditional masculinity, which they do all the time, <laughs> then yeah. pop culture counters with endless fodder for rupturing the unconscious fault lines of the male psyches and dislodging fossilized masculine archetypes don't know don't know what wait this lodging there's on so here. many metaphors uh, here. there are fault lines oh, that so they, need to so be woken up there <laughs> it's the un, rupturing the unconscious fault lines of the male psyches and dislodging fossil so like a like an earthquake happens when fault lines when tectonic plates rough together but they also like after the earthquake happens it dislodges fossils of like wool dinosaurs gotcha. and you are mammoths on, and stuff well you done. are on the precipice of being slam dunked into a checkmate <laughs> Uh, so he goes, here, Felix, this is for you. Let's go. It goes, uh, such as the kind of man desirable to women, but devoted to a higher calling. There are the wifeless wall guards in Game of Thrones. <laughs> no. They're called, they, they have a name, okay? Yeah. They're not, yeah. They're not, they're not the wifeless well, wall guards. They're the nice it watch. Dunce. Thank you very much, he, you idiot. just dipped into liberalism here. With, I mean, he's going to be doing Harry Potter next. The got, wall watchers. How dare you, And first of all, if he, if he was... You know, oh, the wall guys. <laughs> What's the name of the little town by the nice one? Uh, uh, Mold Town. Mold Town. Okay, he says they're they're celibate, but you know, yeah, if you've read a bunch the books, of hookers you know, in they're, they're going to the brothel. Like, yeah. they're sneaking off on like every night they have off. Yeah, to, you know. So just just want to make, make they, that they clear. All, and in the show, they all fuck Aemon Targaryen. <laughs> Okay, there's the the wifeless wall guards in Game of Thrones. He just did that for the alliteration. The yeah. chaste templars of History Channel's Nightfall. Oh, oh, yeah. Tell us, yeah. Dude, yeah. y- y'all are up on Nightfall. 
on the that favorite show we all love. <laughs> and and then the bold free men in countless cinematic depictions of Arthurian legend, Greek battle, and the two world wars. Wait a second, the guys who uh-huh. fought World War II were horned up as hell. They were just, you know, waiting. Well, the whole just... point is that they're citizen soldiers. They, like, kissed their girlfriend goodbye and then went off to war. And they they drew their pictures on the side of the bombers. Dude, you had yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you had to jack they off to a painting swearing. of Betty Grable. And then they all had VD <laughs> during the war. Like, mm-hmm. they would, that was one of the biggest health crises. It was, like, mm. like in, when they were stationed in England and stuff, making sure they used condoms so they didn't all get syphilis was one of the number one fucking priorities of the military. They were yeah. fucking and all the time. That's when American fascism started. We made them do that. <laughs> they were like, what are we fighting for? My new alternative history, my new alternate take on history, the worst reviewed history book since Dinesh D'Souza, <laughs> the history of condoms. Everyone hates it across the aisle. So like my Ireland theory, I know I'm doing something right. <laughs> These heroes of the eras, as Alexander Dumas put it, when life was life and okay. men were men, all right. have okay. all the requisite alpha male qualities from strength to bravery and even rugged good looks. But their life is devoted to something higher than using their high status to procreate. That's because the whole notion of sex as the primary preoccupation of a man's energies is but a recent blip on the timeline of evolution, a product of the 1970s. Of course. Oh, come on. So he's, he's, he's those wide lapels. That, I knew it. <laughs> he's positive that uh, nobody was horny before the sexual revolution. Like the first made it. art they ever found was like a dildo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Come on. All, there's right. a guy all, who all... died at Pompeii jacking off. Yes. But before, before we found. Hero, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Martyr. Hero. Martyr. <laughs> Patron say to beat off before you know Yahweh just went beast mode on everybody <laughs> through David. All the old gods were just people that helped you bust. Also, this doesn't even make sense on his own merits because he's been talking in these sort of evo psych terms about oh our genetic drive, and if that's what if that's how you're judging you know human history, then shouldn't the horniness be the central driving thing if because if you're going with the evo psych thing it's about how oh, yeah. what you do to reprocreate your genes and your dna Absolutely. that's having sex yeah yeah so he says it was uh thanks to birth control and the yeah. sexual revolution damn it i knew it was that it was made possible for men to ape the exploits of jacques casanova in the heroic annals of history manhood was wait a minute he gave casanova's first name yeah fuck you we know who you're talking <laughs> I, about I, it's also, I want to make sure that you know I'm not talking about Daryl Casanova. I like, I like how he's like he treats it like like steroids are using an aluminum bat. Like, oh, if you fuck a ton of women, but you use birth control or a condom, you're not really doing it. <laughs> you're not the real Casanova. And why do why do each of us in this room have Genghis Khan DNA? Because all he did was fuck back then before birth control. He didn't give a shit. It's only Felix, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well. I'm the only Kazari here. Okay. Uh, so it says here. Um, in the heroic annals of history, manhood was not formed by languishing in perfumed sheets, but was forged like a sword by other men. In Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Mercutio tries to, tries to set love-struck Romeo's priority straight when he essentially says, why are you so into this woman when you could be practicing your fencing? For real? Remember this guy studied under the world champion fencer? Yeah. So again, he's talking about himself. Uh, yeah, he's he like, yeah. while, you, while you were out partying yes. and trying to get laid, I was studying I was the fencing, fencing blade. W- worry about yourself. I'm in my bag fencing. <laughs> <laughs> so what are today's lone wolves doing when they decide to go their own way? Again, interesting use of the phrase lone wolves there. Yeah. Um, what are today's <laughs> active young men doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh Many are gathering around online channels devoted to weightlifting and martial arts on the one hand and spiritual matters on the other. Gaming. Why but, can't those go together? 
The spiritual matter. Well, studying martial arts is spiritual. Yeah, I, mean, I really think the spiritual no stuff here. is just video games. That's what they do. <laughs> and in doing so, they are reviving a long lost archetype: the oh, warrior God. monk. Okay, this goes to a sadder place. Than Surrounded I by the shopping and social justice zombie apocalypse in real life, the shopping and social justice zombie apocalypse we in real life. The yep. the shopping apocalypse. He's thinking about Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Uh, warrior monks. Huddle around YouTube channels that discourse on weightlifting. You know, like, you know, like the Knights Templar would huddle around mm-hmm. the medieval version of a YouTube video. <laughs> which is, I guess the, the, the talking abacus. I, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they were. They, were they trying- would just like gather around a guy who like dr- drank tainted well water and whose brain is dissolving, and he would just like babble incoherently. <laughs> that and they was would your just first Joe around. Rogan. Yeah, that was Joe Rogan, and they would just sit around him going, "Uh huh," and what next? And that's how they ended up conquering Jerusalem. Jamie, pro- pull up that scroll, of the lions. <laughs> <laughs> No, dude, they all, the reason for the First Crusades was they were trying to get the Seljuks to subscribe to PewDiePie so it could be T-Series. You know, I realized something, that that is actually what, I mean, I just said that as a joke, but that is what happened. Peter the Hermit like, was one of the big triggers of, of the First Crusades. He was this guy who just went around Europe talking about the millennium and the need to go and reclaim the Holy Land. And people, he was just a YouTuber. Oh, yeah. He was just, because there was no, nothing else to do. You're hanging around, you're in your beat field. And then this, no entertainment, you know, you're mm-hmm. drinking fermented horse piss to get mm-hmm. a kind of a buzz. Am, yeah. And then this dude shows up in a sackcloth talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the end of days and the blood rain and the need to conquer the, the infidels. It's like, hell, let's all watch this. How, how do you say no to let's that? Let's click to subscribe. <laughs> so he's saying that there are these sort of uh, warrior monks who are huddle- watching YouTubes about uh, weightlifting and kickboxing and the collapse of Western civilization <laughs> and then devoting other times to studying mind combat like Fortnite. Uh, like he's basically describing Felix. Yes, like yeah. you're a warrior monk, dude. Yeah. I didn't want to say it. No, <laughs> Holy shit, you are. You, like yeah. you, you watch more YouTube than any of us for That's sure, right? And you go to the gym, so you have the the and whole you physical know about weightlifting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. What have I been saying? And you're also that? voluntarily celibate yeah, as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. Sex is fucking. It's if you're a grown ass man, it's sex. <laughs> That's gay. I do think <laughs> about like yeah. whenever you try I try to create another man. Yeah. When, <laughs> Why, dude? I will say, whenever I see a, like a Viagra commercial and it shows like an 80 year old guy in a canoe with his wife, and he's like, burn, chomping Viagra. I'm always like, I can't wait for my libido to die. You know what I mean? But there's nothing I can do about it. I, I, people who are like, master the libido, I'm like, I don't want to and can't. And I, I surrender to it. Yeah. Sex after like 60, it seems like running a marathon where it's like, uh, good for you, I guess. Get hurt. I can't wait till I'm, what I'm looking for if I live that long. You know, jacking off is going to rock because you just have less moisture in your body, less cleanup. We're going to miss our big loads, but just shooting dust, very convenient. Yep. I won't be able to lift anymore, really, so my hands will finally be soft. It's going to be pretty cool. I'm, yeah, I can't wait. So he says here uh, that there also are self-published books encouraging men to view American society as a decadent empire to be pillaged like a barbarian. Mm-hmm. Picture- can, this guy, wait, can, can I issue this guy a challenge? To write a sentence without a simile or a metaphor. <laughs> also, like, yeah. that sounds like they're young men who are reading uh, instruction manuals on how to do crimes. That, I mean, like, what are you talking about? Like, pillage like a barbarian? What are you talking about? You know, it, we, we were talking about Jacob Rees Mogg earlier. His father wrote a book. Um, he wrote a bunch of books. And one of them was explicitly, it, its subtitle might as well have been How to Profit from Brexit When We Make It Happen Together. <laughs> and it was just about how to, how to asset strip the country. And uh, it sounds a lot like what you're describing. See, that's interesting because <laughs> yeah. I thought he made all of his money with the synthesizers. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no. That was because <laughs> Chris enjoyed that one. So he goes, If I've noticed the warrior monk archetype emerging in society, that's because I've noticed it emerging in myself. Yeah, we're, <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Yet, nothing the real is, stuff. yet nothing is quite so disillusioning as vowing to drop out of society only to find out that it's actually a trend and thus simply another aspect of society. Damn. What the fuck? After all, it's like you live in a society no matter what. This is twisted. After all, as the Victorian novelist George Moore put it, oh, you don't no man say it. We is know greater than the age he lives in. Gender roles have been in a state of confusion for some time, and we've been down this primordial path before. During the 90s, drum-beating... I'm the sorry. Primordial path, dude. Primordial path, dude. Come on. During the 90s, drum-beating, group-hugging <laughs> men's movement, Jungian analyst Robert Moore and mythologist Douglas Gillette published a still <laughs> widely admired tome called King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, the rediscovering the get. archetypes of the mature masculine. The subtitle right, of that, so the subtitle of that book is Retweets or Not Endorsements. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go around the room right now. King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. Who you got? Who, who are you? Oh, I'm a magician, baby. Magician, magic. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I hate to do this and and plug my book, but I fucking wrote a book called Mother, Wife, Sister, <laughs> Human, right. Warrior, Falcon, Yardstick, Turban, Cabbage. <laughs> so I feel like I may have we may have found a fan of mine here. Uh, yeah, you think you're sort of a warrior or a falcon? What's yeah? I'd be a falcon. Falcon, yeah. Felix. Hmm. What's your class? Uh, wifeless wall watcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy. He is the reason you shouldn't read books because he can't write a single sentence without going, you know, as uh, Bartholomew Westinghouse said in his The Gentleman's Guide to Being a Strong Man, uh, mm. history, history is but a puddle we skip a stone on. <laughs> he can't, he cannot, he's cursed forever. He yeah. can't have a single thought without uh, alluding to some fucking 18th century bullshit. It's impossible. I, and I do hope the five of us brain. in this room are five of the six people who've ever read this. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, in case anyone was wondering, I'm a dual class king lover. <laughs> uh, in the bearded du- he says in the bearded duos chapter on the warrior I don't know why he probably brought up that they were both had beards because but, that's uh, alpha that's masculine yeah, okay so uh, uh, on the bearded duos chapter on the warrior they write how channeling this archetype makes personal relationships assume secondary importance to a man's spiritual path like Felix for you that is like Fortnite for you that's like video games right you know Apex Legends I've Fortnite the Sexiest women in the world have come banging at my door, but I will not stop until I get become an apex legend. Dude, I Carmen Electra showed up to my apartment in a freaking bra. Sure. And I said, I have to find the apex. Ninja <laughs> needs me to find the apex. I have to play Spotify Legends, the on me ultimatum. So I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but he goes with, oh, no. with healthy diets, strong bodies, and vital energy retained via abstention okay. from pornography. Here we go. This is why the UK is doing it. They want okay. to conserve yeah, their organ energy. Yep. Get those power levels all the way up to maximum. <laughs> as well as higher consciousness honed through meditation, ritual, and perhaps even old-fashioned Christianity. What, what might be the character arc of these manly social dropouts? Life has a way of being unpredictable. So does divine <laughs> grace which is why these warrior monks may eventually come to a most unexpected discovery. In entering the castle of the mind and probing <laughs> its hidden recesses, entering the ca- you enter the castle and you probe its hidden recesses, okay. they may eventually stumble upon an unexplored chamber where lies a, strum- <laughs> where lies a slumbering princess. For these men oh. are not as solitary as they think. 
nor even in the company of a band of brothers is their life quite so devoid of feminine energy as they may wish or fear to believe. For as sure as their heart beats, there are courses within them, the anima, the feminine fount, the receptive antenna tuned to the spirit signal. As Aldous Huxley writes in his grab okay, going on, uh, played out with the logic of the cosmic code, today's warrior monks... The Konami code? (laughs) (laughs) With the logic of the cosmic code, today's warrior monks might very well end up discovering their feminine side, albeit the archetypal version, not the feminist-approved sociopolitical kind. Men gone your own way. It's almost over. Men gone your own way. Lone wolves cursing fate for being born at the wrong time and in the wrong place. Within you lies the potential for a sacred marriage of the sun and the moon. You already possess a companion who will love you unconditionally and never desert you. For your long-sought soulmate is none other than your very own soul. And how mysterious indeed are the workings of grace. Oh, that's. Sweet. Are we sure this isn't from <laughs> the beak in the end? <laughs> this isn't. This is like how ice. This is just describing ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> He's just describing how ISIS started. Oh, like, oh yeah, you're 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 alienated from society, and you're 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 disillusioned by all this uh, this empty consumerism, and then you look within and find your own strength, and pick up an AK-47 and start chopping <laughs> off Shia's heads. If you sent this to the beak, though, they would be like. Hey, buddy, uh, show don't tell how much you've read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. would they would just they would behead this guy in the editorial fashion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so oh, the end is for his, yeah, the end sounds like you do a suicide bombing. <laughs> no, or, you find the greatest love of all, which is yourself. Love yourself. Yeah. But it's Your also a, it's a it's a real summons to do nothing as well, because That's it's true. Our, you know, the journey where you begin. It's a Wizard of Oz all over again. <laughs> That's true. It is it's amazing how the praxis is just watch a lot of YouTube videos, maybe do some pull ups. <laughs> And then I guess jack off, but like in a different but way. But then also it's like Edge. if you're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, you like you. <laughs> I think the idea is stop jacking off in front of pornography. Start jacking off in front of a mirror. <laughs> yeah. Well, smart. no, he's sort of saying like like within us we contain you know both the masculine and feminine archetype. Mm-hmm. And so like, that means jacking dude, off is having hold on sex. A sec, dude, it's not pathetic, yo, dude. Your soul is like a really hot girl, <laughs> and she she wants to fuck, dude. Yo, imagine your soul showed up wearing a freaking bra. <laughs> uh, now this um, can you imagine? Like, no young, per- no one under sixty is reading this besides no. us. And our uh, for God's sake. But like, imagine a young man trying to follow this. Like, think about how fucking stupid you were when you were seventeen. And this is dumb. This is just dumb, dumb, idiotic writing. But it's just. You're if you're 17, you're not smart enough to know this is stupid. You just see like, oh, uh, uh, Guillaume Tristan said that uh, the man's soul contains a lake of meaning, and you'd be like, this is good. Imagine if you tried to follow this advice. That you would go insane. Yeah, yeah you're that's... walking up. You'd be walking up to a girl in your class and me just swirling in your head like Spartans playing PUBG or whatever fucking mental imagery this buffoon has given you and you're just like i am my own meaning i am the sword of the west and also also my soul contains the universes of meaning and you're just you're never going to be any young man who reads this they are they're going to fucking mishima themselves while playing pung no yeah he's saying i wonder what's gonna end up for all these guys it's it's all doom (laughs) Like anyone who follows this advice, this is a recipe for disaster. The best case scenario, you get beaten to death by a bouncer at a 
at a bar you go to on ladies' night and you make a big scene because it's not fair that you don't get half our drinks too? <laughs> yeah, because you wore a fucking suit of armor to the club. <laughs> I need to, yeah, no, this guy. He, he knows nothing about the warrior monk lifestyle, which you've You know what the achieved. warrior monk lifestyle is? You just got to hang out. <laughs> that's the real, that's the real <clears throat> shit. When I decided to have sex, you know, every three years, you're just like, I'm hanging out. Then it happens. All these guys are going to get out, tased dude. to death by TSA for trying to wear chain mail onto an airplane. This guy, uh, if I could give advice to this guy and all young men, chill out. <laughs> Try yeah. to have a good one, man. Yeah. Relax. Cool it. Well, uh, I think that about does it. But I would like from the soul of a king to the soul of a warrior, Rob <laughs> Delaney, I want to thank you for... Uh, Making time out of what I'm sure is a very busy uh, schedule for you. To, oh, thank uh, you guys to do to do Chapo in person. This and was fun. If you haven't seen it already, uh, catastrophe on Amazon was it the the fi- fourth and final fourth season and final. is yeah, yeah. premieres on Friday. That's right. So uh, check it out. It's a very funny show. It thank is. you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Rob Delaney, everybody. Thanks again. Take care now. Cheers. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down.